One of the definitions of mindfulness is basically to pay attention on purpose to the present moment without judgment. You're assessing what's going on with me and what's going on around me. And how do I make a conscious choice based off that? That leads us to being able to know what does my body want to eat? What is that business decision? I know how to make that because I have an awareness of how I feel. I have an awareness of what's going on around me. So it's really just teaching awareness. Are you ready to reinvent your organization and create a workplace of the future? Welcome to the Optimized Workplace. My name is Fran Dean Bishop, and I'm the founder and CEO of Aerobody. Join me each week as I welcome innovators, A-listers, and trailblazers who will share their individual experiences with creating an optimized workplace. This podcast will inspire you to find new and unique ways of helping your organization thrive while providing an exceptional experience for your employees and nourishing their well-being. Ready to get started? Learn more at theoptimizedworkplace.co. Welcome to The Optimized Workplace. I'm your host, Fran Dean Bishop, where our discussions with innovators, influencers, and experts are helping transform the well-being and sustainability of today's workplaces and spaces. Today, I have the wonderful pleasure of welcoming Amy McKay, who helps industry leaders reduce stress and overwhelm so that they have clarity, confidence, and peace of mind, as well as more time for fun, family, and themselves. I love that. I cannot wait to get in this conversation. I'm all I'm oozing all over this. <laughs> so Amy is actually the founder of Creative Wellness, where after she spent a, a decade with a chronic illness, she finally found healing through fitness, nutrition, and meditation. She holds 17 certifications related to mind-body wellness. So I think she kind of knows her stuff, y'all. So <laughs> please pay attention. And she also offers mindfulness coaching and training to improve well-being and success. So we're in the same industry, but I'm friendly with my industry partners. So Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to meet you and connect this way. I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's jump right into it. I think so often people who sit outside of our industry are always like, oh, you do mindfulness <laughs> and oh, you know, I'm sure you get that right when at a cocktail party or you're in you know, you're shopping and people find out what you do. Oh, they're so excited. So what would you say is one of the most exciting things to you about what you do or the passion for what you do? Well, of course, it's transformation, right? You watch someone, the light bulb goes off where, you know, like I'm not trying to necessarily teach them something. I'm trying to help them find out the intentions to help them figure it out on their own. So being able to help them figure that out and watch someone. I have a client that got to go to Europe um, she's CEO of a business, a very fast growing business, her own business. And she hired me and she's like, I have all these issues. And then when she made the, you know, all these challenges, I shouldn't say issues, she made this commitment to following the things we were working on and doing stuff. And she went to Europe like seven months after she mm -hmm. hired me. So mm -hmm. finally being able to, she'd been hoping for years to be able to do it. So those sort of things where people are still making money and still living the <laughs> life they want to, right? Because you can't be like, they think yes. mindfulness is all this foo-foo stuff. I'm like, no, I want you to be self-aware and take care of business, yourself and your business. I love that. I think one of the most powerful things you just said is that your life doesn't have to stop to be mindful. You don't have to give up the things that are filling you up to be mindful and to be balanced, right? And to have resilience. But it really is transformational, especially if you can do it in that space and in that moment. So Let's talk a little bit about how you got here, your journey to this wonderful place and the 17 certifications. Tell myself and our listeners a little bit about your journey of how you got here, Amy, to creative wellness. 
my passion is lifelong for healing. I spent my entire life want, wanting to be a doctor. My mom died when I was 20. That totally changed my mind. I felt very con conflicted mm -hmm. on that. And then I spent my 20s chronically sick, uh, multiple chronic health issues and nine urologists, went to the bathroom 30, 40 times a day. Like it was just miserable. And then mm -hmm. I had a day where I couldn't take care of, she's now going to be almost 21. She was a baby. Uh, I couldn't take care of her. She was a baby and I was too sick to take care of her. So I had to call to the phone and get help. And I just said, well, I'm just not going to do this anymore. And I found fitness, nutrition, and meditation and all of these things. And I just mm. became more and more educated and healthier and healthier and thought I should really share this. So I started getting certifications and started to just share uh, different things. It started with personal training. I originally did personal training. And um, just one thing led to another, like life happens and I'm passionate about it. Yeah. So I just I was like, well, I need some support myself. I could use it in my business. So I just go find different uh different things that intrigue me, that support me and learn them and teach them to somebody else. I love that. For those of you who are listening and not watching this, although it is on YouTube, uh, our podcast is, you should see how Amy lights up as she's talking about just the different iterations of it. And I always say, people or ask me, you know, how do I find a great coach or how do I find a great trainer or whatever? When they talk about what they do and they talk about the impact they make, do they look lit up? And you look so lit up by oh, thank your you. work. You do. I mean, I'm not just, she didn't pay me to say that, folks. It's true. <laughs> She's lit up right now. She's lit. She's lit. Uh, you're awesome. <laughs> Although if you're, if you're under the age of 25, that means something totally different. But totally different. <laughs> oh, truth. Yes, there's some truth. <laughs> I mean that in, in the best, most possible, you know, encouraging, positive way. So with that, you know, I think that uh, let's educate the audience a little bit because we sit inside the space and when you sit inside the well-being space, you really understand the different sectors and understand that really there are different modalities to help people with different areas, right? Where, you know, sometimes if you're outside the space, people feel like it's soup to nuts and they got to do everything all at once. And you probably believe, as I do, any good practitioner would, that sometimes less is more. Let's start with incremental movements, right? And then add on and add on and add on. So, in saying that as our baseline, you know, how do you help clients or just, you know, those who listen to you begin to understand, you know, where do you start? We and everybody start with an assessment for our enterprise clients, but I want to talk about the individual. How do you help them figure out where do I need to start? Do I start with my mindfulness? Do I start with my fitness? Do I start with my nutrition? How do I start? I start with two Two things primarily is this wheel of life, which everyone gets if you go through life coaching training, and it has like 16 different categories. So mm -hmm. I can get a picture of where they feel they rate and what their priorities are. And then I also do a core values assessment. These are so quick and simple. Anybody can do them. But then I know, like I have a clear picture when they're talking about something that that's not really what they're talking about. Like that's not what really matters. I know. Yes. And then I have an idea of what questions to ask based off, off these. And then I also, through those conversations, figure out, what are they willing to do? I don't teach. I keep my personal training certificate because it's a national um, accreditation. So I keep that and I do the continuing credits for it, but I have zero interest in, in doing fitness training. So I can help them get started and find somebody because I have connections or help them figure that out, but I don't, don't do that piece of it. So my goal is usually to try to find a way to help them develop the self-awareness. Most, a lot of my clients like hire me and they don't do any mindfulness-based stuff like would, that would look like meditation stuff. They do worksheets that are developing self-awareness or sit with me. That's really how that gets started. And then we figure out a plan like, 
for example, and I have a, I have like two other I usually start with this first other assessment and then like three months into it, a second more deeper assessment. And that first assessment tells me more about, again, who they are and what are their goals, where they want to be in five years, where they want to be in a month. And then we just take those and, okay, what skill set do you need to achieve this goal? And they don't try to set too many. I mean, you can only work in a couple areas. There's a name for it. I don't remember what it is, where once you, if you work in like one or two categories of life, the rest kind of all fold up in together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, if you take care of your well-being, your leadership changes and your business changes, right? Mm-hmm. We know that. Absolutely. So yeah. that's kind of my focus is how do I get people focused on their well-being and what steps are they willing to take? I don't get I that fitness type stuff, but really anymore. I do some fitness occasionally workshop related, like more like goal setting and just how to like move, you know, get somebody yeah. inspired. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's a couple of things that, you know, really resonate for me and hopefully with our listeners about what you said is that it really does start with understanding where you are, the baseline, the assessment. I always tell clients that to work with us, you have to start with an assessment because you may have a lot of assumptions around what you think is showing up. And in, in the in case of the work we do with your culture of people or your team or your enterprise, but even as an individual, you may have a lot of assumptions as to, you know what, I don't know why my back is up. You know, I keep readjusting myself. I've been walking with this crick for a week. I don't know what that's about. Until you go to the doctor, do you really know what's going on? Because he does what? An assessment. So I love the fact that you mentioned that because so often people want to jump right in and assume they need to work on one area of their life where well-being covers everything, right? It's it's happening at home. It's what's happening at work. All of those pieces. So all of them important are important. But I want to take a a pause to talk about mindfulness because it is such a big buzzword, especially coming out of the pandemic. People are very well aware of the idea of mindfulness and what they think it is. But I'd love for you to share as an expert, what is mindfulness to you and how does it show up for people? If we look to the some of the experts in the field that kind of so John Kabat-Zinn put mindfulness on the map in the late 1970s with mindfulness-based stress reduction, right? So he took all the woo-woo, uh, Buddhism, all of it kind of out of it, made this practical uh, applications for people that were, you know, pain management and chronic health conditions and things that weren't mental health stuff that wasn't, you know, they weren't getting resolved through that. So he kind of streamlined it clear back then. And we still, for some reason, I often joke if I teach an organization where you expect it, people will say, we thought we might have to, you might be wearing funny hats or that we had to wear yoga pants. And I'm like, no, we're going to make this very real. So um, one of the definitions of mindfulness is basically to pay attention on purpose to the present moment without judgment. So you're just assessing, you're assessing what's going on with me and what's going on around me. And how do I make a conscious choice based off that? That leads us to being able to know what do I want? To, what's my body want to eat? What, what would be the best interest? How do I make that business you know, what is that that decision, business decision? I know how to make that because I have a, a an awareness of how I feel. I have an awareness of what's going on around me. So it's really just teaching awareness. There's um, Google's um, Search Inside Yourself is Google's emotional intelligence training program. And in that, they talk about mindfulness and self-awareness as having the same definition. And self-awareness mm-hmm. being a key domain of emotional intelligence, it's kind of, it's not a monk on a mountain. <laughs> It's Mm -hmm. a a very key. Mm -hmm. And to me, self-awareness and empathy kind of drive all of our relationships and all of our decisions and how we interact with people. So 
uh, we also know being these mindfulness-based type practices that empathy is kind of a side effect of doing those practices. Mm-hmm. So again, they kind of all lead towards mm. the same, you know, the same goal of being aware and making, to me, it's about practicing the pause and making a conscious choice. We have less regrets that way. We make less impulsive decisions. And, you know, like in psychology, what is it? 80% of the time you're emotionally reacting to something from the past. Well, not if you're in the present moment. So for those of you who feel like they practice emotional intelligence, or at least you know what that is, then if you do it well, you're practicing mindfulness. I absolutely love your definition yeah. or your twist on it because twist I feel it. like it makes it closer, right? It's not this far off, frou-frou, woo-woo kind of thing. Right. And Monk on a mountain, chanting home. No. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And one of my favorite pieces, um, Harvard Business Review did this um, article by Tony Schwartz. I can't remember his partner. I think it was Jeff Lohr in the 80s, uh, the corporate athlete. I referenced that a lot when I started my company. I love, I, I don't even know how I found the work, but I found this piece. And it was very much on the whole idea around corporate performance is like athleticism, if you do it well, based on emotional intelligence, right? So like you said, empathy, self-awareness, self-reliance, all those pieces that help you be able to um, recalibrate in the moment authentically as a leader. And so I love your definition of of what that means for mindfulness, really, and really being resourceful for that. So as you kind of talk through this with with your clients, something else that you said that I, I that really kind of impacted me a bit is that it's not about a paper exercise. I was talking to another another um, uh, practitioner the other day who does more leadership coaching, right? And uh, she goes, and I'm I'm really starting to work in more health and wellness to it. And I said, like, oh, how are you doing that? Well, you know, we talk about what it means to be healthy, and we look at the theory behind that, and uh, we do some practical exercises. And I thought to myself, hmm. So basically, how do you, are you delegating wellness? Like wellness is movement. It's, it's, right. you know, it, it, it takes action. You it can't takes action. just write about that, right? So how <laughs> do you, I'm like, oh my gosh. Trying to figure well, that out. <laughs> you know what that is? That's way too many certifications being given out at 12, p- 12 a.m. at night <laughs> oh, in the right. health and wellness field. Like, and oh, that does it. happen, right? It does. Too many oh, that oh. are not, yeah. <laughs> we want to yeah. integrate some practices. Like I say, practice a pause. So, and there are like, formal mindfulness practices that are like a body scan or mindful breathing or loving kindness. Those are really common. There's a lot of different ones, but you can take those. You don't have to sit around meditating on them. You can take that. So when you are sitting at your desk, you pause, well, think about it. Who doesn't need to pause? Who hasn't said I should have paused before I sent that email or that text, right? Like, um, but you can do that even when you're not in a frustrated situation who checks their phone before they do anything else in the morning? What if you stopped and imagined your day for two minutes? You take control of your day that way, right? How many people are willing to do that? So those are the little things I start with. They're like, hey, check in with yourself. What are you feeling? Take a breath. How are you feeling when you're driving down the road? How do you feel when you sit down to eat? Just those things that are just tapping into what am I feeling? Can I take a breath now? Do I breathe in my belly? Um, Me, for example, I am anxious driving. I don't know what happened. People drive crazy in the city. So I sense my hands and feet because that relaxes me. It gets me focused. It gets me being able to stay present in my car so I don't yell at people or (laughs) drive aggressively. So 
that mellows me out. And there's those many things, you know, we always say that the little things are really the big things. So my ability to say, like, I walk outside in the sun on my face, like I like to soak up those little seconds where I feel the warm sun, or I take that just second of like, oh my gosh, those cookies smell wonderful or whatever. Just those the hug by 12 year old gives the best hugs in the world. So just those many things make life worth living, you know, like those little things are the big things and mindfulness in that little mini moments where like, you know, we're in business. Like it's a lot of hustle when you're in business. There's a lot of hustling, which obviously we like, but those little mini moments make it a little bit easier. It's kind of like building resilience. We even teach it to kids that way is that it's like, you know, like having a a punching bag bounces back a little bit you know, easier in mindfulness, we kind of say that it's like that because you have this awareness of, oh, my thought, I'm having this thought and that's irrational. I'm having this feeling I know how to deal with it. Like you have this awareness to be able to make a choice. There's a very powerful place mm-hmm. to be. So all those mm-hmm. things that are challenges aren't so challenging when you know, yeah. you know yourself. That's huge. And, and, and I think one of the most powerful things you just said is that it really is a choice, Right. So often we get on this hamster wheel and we think that, well, this has just got to be, it's got to be this job. It's got to be in this sector of, of, of the world. You know, it's got to be in this city. It's got to be with this person. No, those are all choices. Believe it or not, those are choices you are making every day. If you stop and interrupt the choice pattern, then maybe your life would look a little bit different. The other thing that's showing up for me is, um, you know, when I started on this, trajectory around the coaching piece, right? And we added coaching to to our offerings, you know, about 15 years ago. I I learned self-observation and what self-observation was. Mm -hmm. I I just started putting that in every time I worked with a client, which is, you know, allowing yourself to self-observe yourself in the moment, dividing yourself in half, really, and being in the moment, but also observing, how are you showing up? Yeah. Yeah, that observation can be so powerful because a lot of times you don't realize how you're actually even showing up and you have the choice to make a difference in that moment. Absolutely. I I call it um, a a mindful conversation for lack of a better word, but it's listening, looping and dipping. So you're actively listening. Mm. You're looping, which means you're validating that person. You're saying, I hear you saying, I feel you saying, because people behave way better and way differently when you validate them, even if you don't agree with them, because people get, I'm like, you don't have to agree. You just are honoring their experience. And then that dipping is that part. What am I thinking? What am I feeling? Because a lot of people are looking at their phones or what am I going to do next or to reply, not to listen. And when you practice that listening, yeah. looping and dipping, you get to be present in engaging and help that, you know, actually, it's actually just a more effective way. But it's a practice, and especially with a difficult, <laughs> there's difficult people. So it's a practice. Practice that with somebody that you're not mad at. Yes, yes, frustrated yes, yes. With. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, as we turn the corner on our conversation, I can't believe it goes by so quickly. I'd love to hear we're heading into the end of the year, moving into 2024. And I know with the new year, it's new, um, you know, just new activities, new opportunities, all kinds of things are popping up. So I'm wondering, is there anything new or exciting that you're excited to share about creative wellness? So I have two different, uh, two different programs that I'm looking to share more in, in organizations. One being it's actually a 10-week program that's taught in places like Tesla. I trained to be able to teach it. It is evidence-based to improve mental well-being, wellness, and resilience. So I'm looking to share that. It's inter- even internationally accredited now. The, the, ah, uh, congratulations. The, the, the creator developed, not my program. I have one. Okay. I've done, I do pieces of it 
anyway, but I can do this specific. This specific program was um, developed in this 10-week session setup. So, and then I have a 12-week one that's just a, it's very powerful, um, based off just reducing stress. Um, okay. And is it for individuals or for corporate? I do I, corporate, but I can do, I take those pieces and make them individual sessions as well. That's okay. Um, yeah, the pieces of them. So they have like a theme, like ones mm-hmm. on communication, <laughs> you know? I love it. Fantastic. Yeah. We'll put that in the show notes. And I'm all, I always love to ask this of my guests. Is there anything that you're most proud about or proud of that you, you know, that happened for you in 2023, just around your business, even around your own well being or about what you're doing, the work that you're doing? Well, I think it's honestly that I'm a single mom and that I am really good mm. at balancing my, I have finally, I, I said I was going to give the word balance, find, finding harmony with being a mom and a, a single mom with a business that's always in classes and whatnot. I feel like, and my girls are eight and a half years apart, so they're 20 and 12. So I often feel like I live in a very divided world. <laughs> you know, they're in different <laughs> worlds, totally different worlds. I spent a lot of time going to cheerleading and trying to coach one through college because she's confused on what she wants to be, you know, and then still doing my business. So I feel like that I'm mm. proud that I've been able to come to terms with kind of letting go of perfection, letting go of some people that weren't you know, in my best interest and really owning like some of the business stuff I was struggling with, I took classes. So I just really found a little bit better harmony uh, in being fully me and and allowing, you know, letting go of some perfectionism. And so, yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a wonderful role model. I think not just for your girls, but also for women in general, it's, there's so many demands on us as women, let alone putting on the S on our chest as a businesswoman. And as you said earlier, the hustle that is involved with all that, and then just being a woman, like we come with our own set of stuff, stuff that we yeah. that shows up, even when you don't want it to show up. Like you're running, <laughs> walking into a conference room, it's like, oh, either it's a hot sweat or something else going. On. It's like, okay, yeah. Right, the right. older you get, right? I'm pushing fifty, so there's uh, been a whole lot of different. <laughs> I was in a meeting yesterday. I was in a conference yesterday, and it was so great because me and this other one beside us, we're we're having this great conversation. But all of a sudden, we're both like, "Is it you? Is it hot in here?" <laughs> Oh, thank goodness. I found my sister. She gets it. We were both so hot all of yeah. a sudden. But yeah, these things as women just show up. They but show I think up. it's fantastic that you own the fact that, hey, being a single mom and I'm still a powerhouse businesswoman and at the same time making an impact in community and cultures and people and organizations is phenomenal, Amy. So I applaud you. Oh, I applaud you. Thank you. Yeah, this has been fantastic. I'm so glad that you joined us today. And thank you so much for this conversation. I think Amy shared some really fantastic points that if you didn't catch them all, rewind. I love the listen loop piece that you added, which was fantastic. And even your little nuggets on mindfulness. So you can always rewind the podcast, you guys, and play it again, play it again, play it again, download, keep on downloading. This has been fantastic. So thank you again. We'll make sure that Amy's information is in the show notes if you want to follow up with her on her programs and Thank you so much for joining us today for the Optimized Workplace podcast. Remember, it's many, that's small, monumental moments that make the biggest impact in your life. I'm Brandy Bishop, your host. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Optimized Workplace. For more insights and resources, visit theoptimizedworkplace.co. If you enjoyed this episode, please help spread the word and share with those who will enjoy it as well. See you soon.